list. So let's, let's let's start talking about this on the air. Okay, we can we can do that. That sounds like a good plan. And if I hit the right <laughs> intro, that that'd be really helpful, wouldn't it? One of these days, I'm going to get yeah, it right. right. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? It's Griff. It's the Beer Engine Podcast, yet another week. Uh, Tony, when we started this, uh, in what did you believe we would be doing this for this long? I think we have. I think we've broken sort of my estimate of how long we could continue doing this. We're at about, I don't know, two and a half years plus now, uh, 114, 115 or so episodes. I mean, we're, this is a full, we're doing a full-fledged podcast. And, you know, I would say, you know, despite having, you know, we have 50, 100, 150,000 listeners, which is yeah. really nothing when you no, think about it. We're no Joe Rogan, let's put it that way. We are yeah. sort of your dollop, or um, we do as well as say Brian Seltzer. <laughs> Seltzer, I like. That. Sure. I fucked up. Brian, <laughs> Brian Seltzer, the <laughs> the 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 big band guy is it? Isn't that Brian Setzer? <laughs> no, I was thinking the fired CNN anchor. I think we're doing as well as he is right now. Ah, okay. Yeah, maybe. Very, oh, definitely. Oh, I know who you're talking about. All right, all right. I was thinking of the big band, the big the guy with the big band orchestra. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got we got to be. T- you know, one of these days, someone's going to look at our thing on um, like Stitcher and be like, "These fuckers have 200 episodes." I guess I'll try it. I mean, they yeah. must be popular. And, then, and we are going to be like, "No." Oh yeah, I mean yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, Tony, I'm back with my malort. Um, can't. Can't part with the Malort. You it's just the best. It. I can't quit you, Malort. Uh, the Malort Spritz. It's really tasty. I'm packing up and heading to beautiful Miami, Florida in the summer this this weekend. Looking like about a 90 degrees, 100% humidity every single day. It should be delightful. So what's your club uniform? I'm sure you're going to hit up a few nightclubs while you're there. <laughs> nightclubs, yeah. Are you a um, I guy? like to go with... I like to go with my uh, old navy short sleeve button down, uh, uh, but with like the buttons unbuttoned to about my sternum, nice. maybe or a little below my sternum, solar plexus, we'll call that. Um, and then uh, uh, really get the shirt tails like or the uh, collar wide open. I've got the big gold chain. Uh, I got the hair really, you know, tied pulled back and, and sprayed down to like slicked Ooh. real hard, you know, got that, got the bun tied back, but then pull, really pulled Pat Riley style hard, um, in the front. And then I, I develop, I try to develop a, uh, kind of a slow Slovak accent. Um, so I can fit in with the rest of the club goers there in, in Miami. So I try to get a hard Eastern European, uh, accent going. I think that's really important. I, I think that is important, especially you, if you're going to be a mover and shaker, that's what you need. You need that accent. And it can't be too authentic. There's always got to be a hint that it's not your real accent. That's for sure. No, yeah, that you developed it somehow. Yep. It's um, but you've got to be careful. You don't want to – got to be careful 
when you're drinking that it doesn't turn Russian or else right now you sort of, you sort of get a weird look because there are a lot of Russians down there, but, um, you, you don't, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be handing out big, big bills in the club. If you got a Russian accent, all of a sudden the FBI is on the hunt for you. Um, yeah, no, I think, uh, I think more so I'll be doing my normal shit, hitting up Jay Wakefield, hitting up Kush, driving across the state, uh, Hunting, hunting mercilessly and and aimlessly for a decent beer in the town of uh, in the town of Naples, and then settling on drinking the possibly every year I drink I go and I drink the worst bourbon old fashioned I've ever had. Uh, it's it it may be, and I think it is worse than the brandy old fashioned. Oh, um, there is a controversial. Oh, it is just. I forget the name of the bar, but we go there every time, and I order an old fashioned, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And it's just like a rite of passage I have to do every year where I have to get it again and be like, God damn, what the hell is wrong with you? It, it's, it's literally just like some a, a kind of a, a hint of bourbon and it's topped up with fucking water and what? the other stuff. And it's got like two cherries in there and, a, and a, like a hacked up orange piece. And there's a bunch of water topping that thing up to the very tippy top of the glass. And I'm like, what are you doing? See, this mind blowing. The thing with an old fashioned, I don't know whether you're this, you have it the same as I do, but you want like a big piece of ice so it doesn't dilute too much. You'd rather an right. underfilled glass. You don't want that glass filled up. This is not so, some sort of Tom Collins drink that's filled to the brim. You just want your measures yep. of bourbon or, or whiskey, depending on which version you're having, and yeah, your orange and your cherry and whatever else. And you want solid ice, but you don't want it watered down. Right. You don't want too much evaporation. That's why modern ice is great. This is where I'm at one with Brian. Like he's he's a big ice guy, and I'm a big ice guy. Not a big farmer guy, but a big ice guy. He's a big ice guy. He he for a while had had a buddy who is uh, into doing ice. He was doing custom ices <laughs> and had like crystal clear fucking ice too. I was like, God damn, that's cool. <laughs> I just have the big squares. I got the thing yeah, with the big too. ice tray with the big fucking silicone squares in there i'm good with that plunk plunk one of them's into my cup uh put my candied orange piece in there put my luxardo in there shot and a half of whiskey uh we're done with it that's all i need i'm not even bothered i'm I'm too lazy to microwave some simple syrup together or any other bullshit i suck that's fine good enough (laughs) uh uh tony you're gonna have to tell us uh let's let's get into this we got to get into your melbourne trip uh, yep. Before the show, it looked like you had some some handouts, some takeaways. You guys were bouncing around. You and Nick Torque, um, the poor fellow, had drank himself stupid the week before. So um, hopefully, he managed to get it get his uh, uh, cockles up well enough to uh, to hang out with you for the for this one. How'd it go? Yeah, it was good. I'll, I'll take you through sort of. Mm-hmm. Let's let's start off with where I started my trip, and that was, uh, of course. The world famous, well, not world famous, but slightly famous, enthralling to me, Five Guys. Yes, um, yes. Uh, yeah, I saw your Five Guys situation. Looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, this was the advantage of getting a lunchtime train. Train trip takes over two hours to get down to Melbourne. So I grabbed a lunchtime train. I left just before midday. So by the time I got down to Melbourne, checked into the hotel, it was half past two in the afternoon. All the lunch crowd had disappeared from Five Guys. No lineup. Walked straight into Five Guys. Was able to order. 
um, which is really the perfect situation on a Friday, not having to queue for hours. And I'm sure if I yeah. had been there an hour earlier, it would have been out the door. They had the thing roped off, ready for the big crowds. And I have no doubt that they, because for half past two, no. they were pretty busy. So take you through my order, which you've seen on Discord. I went with the cheeseburger. You and I disagree about cheese. That's about all we disagree on. Um, I don't so much disagree as much as I just don't love American cheese. But yes, yeah, I, see, I, again, I support the cheese as an order. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> fine. Sure. All right. Um, I don't think it's bad. I just think I don't like it. I don't know. And then I went with mushrooms, fried mushroom or grilled mushrooms, whatever you want to call them, grilled sure. onion. Um, and green peppers because I saw green peppers and they added nothing to the experience. I'm not a lettuce or tomato and guy. And the green pepper was a little strange to me, although I have had, I think I have had like mushrooms, onions, and peppers all mixed together before. So that's maybe, what I thought I was I getting. That. So. I typically just do like the mushroom and onion combo, but I, I get where you're going. Yeah. So that, that was, that was my burger order along with mustard as the sauce. It was either going to be, it might have been Frank's and mustard or mustard. They were that was going to be my choice, but I just went straight to mustard. So that was that was a fine, tasty burger. We all know what a Five Guys hamburger is. But wrong with it. What I forgot was how good the fries were, and I went your fries are fire. Yeah. yeah, and I forgot just how many bag fries that they actually add. I remember they that do they give add, you a lot of fries. Yes. Yeah. They literally dump some into the bag on top of your thing of fries. Well, yeah, in the Australian one, they have a measure to make sure you get, you get they fill up the cup, they put that in the bag, and then they have a separate measure to make sure you get that measure of fries mm. dumped in your bag. Got the Cajun fries. That was outstanding. And for the first time there, I had one of their milkshakes. I went peanut butter on the milkshake. That was Delish. delightful. So my recommendation, go for the, there for the fries and go there for the milkshakes. Uh, the hamburgers are good, don't get me wrong, but are they as good as other burgers around? I'd say in Melbourne, probably, but the price, you do pay for it. But go there. It's yeah, worth it for the it's a good burger and the milkshakes. I think it's, I think it, I, I honestly do think it's like a better burger than an In-N-Out burger, but I also don't think it's twice, twice as good. Burger. Yeah, that, that, that was my <laughs> yeah. quandary in recommending it. Yes, it's better than right. a a um, in and out, but an in and out in Australia would probably run you fifteen dollars for your total order. In Five Guys, it ran me thirty four dollars. Yeah, it's just Insane. the way it goes. The um, the I, you know, I, a couple of weeks ago, I had Culvers for the first time in a long time. I think I mentioned that on the show. You mentioned that Those you were going to have Culvers, but I don't think you've mentioned how it went. Culvers is so good, dude. I I I that's my favorite I, out of all of them. In and out, five guys. Price is not a limit, limiting factor. I think Culver's just takes the cake for me. It's just so good, dude. So next time you're uh, in the Chicago area, or or if we can even get your ass to Kingman, for God's sake, we can get you a, a, a Culver's burger. But sounds good. Um, it's just for some reason not in Nevada. Cannot explain. Nevada and California didn't get Culver's. Arizona gets them. Uh, uh, Florida's going to have it. I might get one while I'm there in uh, in Florida because there's one I think right down the what down, down the street from where my dad lives. So um, I just I just love it. It's a great tasting burger. Bill Oakley went there. He's like the fast food reviewer of du jour, and he said it was the best fast food meal he ever ate. And I 
hard to argue with that. So that yeah. that's probably my favorite right now. But we, uh, uh, there is a Five Guys not far from here. It, it did make me want to revisit Five Guys. I haven't been there in years because the fries are fucking good and the milkshakes are too. So yep. maybe, maybe that's like, my future. They're not just good. They are fire. Those French fries with the skin left on in peanut oil are fucking killer. Yeah, they're really, really good. So I was staying up near the Vic Markets. The Vic Markets mm-hmm. are the largest open-air market in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, so I, I was staying up that northern end of the city. Now, the northern end of the city has gone through um, a change since I was living there and it is home to a lot of Asian uh, supermarkets and food places. So specifically um, like Vietnamese, um, Korean and Japanese has really taken off in that area of Mm -hmm. town Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. of the amount of overseas students. Um, So it's it's great to shop in all the Korean and Japanese supermarkets, and I, I loaded up on. Oh yeah, I love that. On, on pokies, have you had pokies? They're a Japanese uh, chocolate stick. They're like a pretzel that is. It's like a chocolate. It's a little bit like a pocky stick. I know what a pocky yeah. stick is. We have those. Those are similar. They're like a big. It's like like a straw type stick. Yeah. Yep. With uh, dipped in chocolate at the bottom. They're like and they're sweet. They're like a sweet. Little dipped cookie thing, yeah, they're good. Yeah, so I loaded up on those, um, and and that was excellent. Um, but I went uh, that night for tea at Meet Sandoz, mm. uh, and it's M double E T. And Sandoz. is this like a katsu sando type joint with the milk bread? Yes, you can do that, but um, that night oh, I yeah. I didn't actually go for that. I went for their nasi goreng. Mmm, I know that one. Yeah, that's a good one. All right. So that's the Indonesian style fried rice with yeah, yeah, and a fried egg on top, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. We can both agree. But the killer thing that this one had, which I haven't seen in many other places, but I think it's authentic, is fried chicken skins. Yes, it was. Yes, the dude. Best. There is. I'm, I, the, the Hawaiian taco place I love does their huli huli chicken taco. And they top it with little chicken cracklings. Yep. Uh, on top, oh, bro, it's so good. And they also do chicken, some kind of chicken skin nacho type thing too. That's really good. Um, hell yeah, that's yummy. So that was that was little chicken cracklings are so good. If you if you ever have to take the skin off of a thigh, which whatever, I guess if there's some reason you have to do it, maybe you're making a sandwich or something, um, you can just lay them out on a little tray, baking tray. Uh, and just bake them off right quick, and you'll get a nice little crunchy thing you can crumble on top. You can make a salad taste good, I swear to God. Put some of them on there. Mm. Yeah, That's can. good. So um, that, was all right, really, yeah. that was really my first um, first night in Melbourne, and because I was staying right near the Vic Market, they've got a what I would consider like it's just a, a hall within the market based around like deli shelves and they call it sure. the dairy produce hall, but it's not really mm. dairy produce. It's there's, there's coffee stalls, there's plenty of bakeries in there. Um, there's about 25 different storeholders. I wanted to get that morning for breakfast before I went out um, a brat because their brats at this place are amazing. Nick okay. Tor, 
um, who has been to Germany many times, can actually quote on the quality of the bratwurst. They are amazing. Mm-hmm. But the line was too long and I wasn't hanging around just to get a bratwurst. I went to the Baroque shop, which is a Polish pastry place. Okay. And had a mushroom and cheese goslemi. You familiar okay. with a goslemi? It's a flatbread. It's kind of like um, it's the calzone of like the Turkish world. So it's oh, a okay, stuffed sure. flatbread with cheese and mushroom. So that that was delicious All for right. breakfast, and I had that with a Market Lane coffee. So that that was Sounds my good. morning taken care of. Wandered through the city for a couple of hours and headed out to Glen Iris to a little brewery that uh, is uh, holding an event for their 10th anniversary, and that was Deeds. Um, nice. And Nick was already there. We agreed to meet at lunchtime. I was meeting a couple of other friends. Of course, they were late, but they were only 15 minutes late, plenty of time, four-and-a-half-hour event. We were absolutely fine getting everything in. So the advantage of them actually being late is we didn't have to wait particularly long to get checked in. You know what these places are like, getting checked in and getting glasses and and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was a really good setup. It was 10 beers set up at 10 different stations throughout the tap room, each with um, their own piece of food to go with it. And the bites of food were substantial. They weren't just like – it wasn't – Cheap food. It was made from their kitchen, mm-hmm. and it was substantial. Yeah. When they say sausage roll, it was it was more like a beef Wellington with mince in it rather than steak. It, it was a ginormous sausage roll. Sure, it so, reminds me of an event that we used to go to in Chicago during what was Craft Beer Week, which was called the Beer Fly Alley Fight, which had every food and beer paired, and then but all of those were also paired with art. Yeah. Um, so the beer and the food and a piece of art were all paired together. So yeah, that's pretty cool. <coughs> Excuse me. So I'll, I'll take you through quickly the 10 beers and oh God, yeah. pairing, all right. pairings, uh, midwinter, their vanilla Porter that was served with a steak and Porter sausage roll. Delicious. Okay. Sounds good. Saucy, oh, it was amazing. That beer was a five out of five. I think that was the last beer I rated. I got ratings fatigue. Uh, the classic juice train, which is available everywhere and available all the time at my supermarket, an amazing um, New England IPA, and they had it with a mashed, mashed potato cheese croquette. Um, so with that one, we had the brewery tour, so we had the um, the beer first as we walked through the, on the tour. Okay. And then had the, the croquette afterwards. So that, that was a good way to do things. Um Double time, which is another hazy, um, that was with a um, piece of fish, like a decent right. piece of deep yeah. fried fish, which is what you Killer. what you need. Um, Half time, which is sort of their low alcohol. Um, mm-hmm. Do they call it a Sounds hazy? Um, but it's just a low alcohol pale, um, and that that came with a tart, so that was delicious. Then we mm. get on to the really good stuff. Indulgence, which is hand bottled, don't know whether you can okay. see that yeah, because that's kind of see it. that's part of their wild um, series. So they they use a lot of barrels in their brewery now, and they were they were actually talking about the barrels. This is a good time to talk about Deeds and their barrel program because they use Heaven Hill barrels, they use Buffalo Trace barrels, and they right. use 
a bunch of other barrels that you've talked about from time to time. I'm familiar with those ones, yeah. yeah. But he was, he was mentioning how in Australia, he's not going to lie, we get the crap barrels. And he, yeah. said it, <laughs> he said it's for no other reason that they don't like shipping heavy barrels all the way across the ocean. So that's probably why, not. No, I'd be as far. Yeah, that's why they get um, the, the crap barrels. Come on, we're, where's Star Word at? Let's get some of them barrels, aren't they? They got some shit to do, right? They they probably do get those work. as well and, and use them okay. for things like indulgence. So indulgence is a fruited sour and they use 578 grams of boysenberries per litre. Mm. So that's over a pound that's per litre. Yeah. That's almost, what, three and a half. Yeah, it'd be almost heavy, four pounds heavy fruit. per gallon. A lot of fruit. That's, yeah. that's more fruit than they put in, like, intense red from yeah. Dre. So, yeah. And that was served with a profiterol, so that was a beautiful pairing. Um, and then we got on to a beer that I'm not sure has been released anywhere else, and that's Snake Oil. What a great mm. can art. I'm sure you can mm-hmm. see that can art. Yep, I got that one, yeah. And that's their triple IPA. Now, they do another triple A called Survivor Type, uh, and this one was up there, and and it was paired with a pulled pork slider. Um, they do triples really well, triple IPAs really well. Um, so, and then once more into the fray, it was one of their two Imperial... Um, stouts, um, and that one was served with a savoury dish, which is not unusual for you and I to see a stout no. served with a savoury dish, but it was a big serving of beef stew that you got with it. <laughs> that was beer seven. Um, yeah, yeah. Darker Ritual, which is a new release this year, was um, served with a um, dark chocolate cake. Um, it was killer. I think that came don't, – don't think it gives the ABV, but it was a Gab's release this year. And it was sure. a killer. Um, two more beers to go. Uh, the Maybock, which they nice. do right. one of the best Australian Maybocks. Oh, Maybock, yeah. Yep. Um, really, really delicious with some meat skewers. It was probably the worst food of the day and it was still good. That's just how good the rest of the food was. And we actually started the day at beer number 10, a quiet deed, and they started off, off right with a bow bun stuffed with duck so delish yeah yeah. sounds great sounds like i would be very full and very tired at the end of this i I, I can only assume um did you get any any palate fatigue no because because there was plenty of time as we did 10 beers but we did it in a four-hour stretch we weren't trying to guzzle so and there, there was enough variety it was Yes, there are a couple of hazies, but we spread those out, and so it wasn't yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's what you got to do, yeah. Like, we had the Maybach in the middle. Um, the only thing at the end is we did the stouts all together, and the indulgence with so much fruit, that was an amazing palate cleanser. So there was no issue with palate fatigue, at least for me. It was a great what? event. It was the right amount of alcohol. What was the best beer? Was it that indulgence? Was that the best thing? Or was I, it a... Uh, I've had that. Out? And yes, that is delicious. But I would say their stouts were pretty killer because of their barrel program. Um, was it Darker Ritual? Yeah, I would say Darker Ritual or the Maybach were my favourites. Perhaps because the Maybach was so different to anything else that was available there. 
But the darker ritual was a 14.5% barrel-aged stout. It was just killer. I, I know Nick yeah. struggled through it. Nick Talk struggled Him through it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that, um, it ju- it's just got in the notes that it's in Kentucky's finals barrels, so I'm guessing they're the, the Heaven Hills barrels. Yeah. Um, and it's got cacao uh, yeah. and um, vanilla sure. in it. So, yeah, it, it was a really, really solid beer. And I think because it was actually put with something savoury, mm. really showed off the versatility of, of that beer. Now, that didn't end our time uh, drinking. We headed to the European Beer Cafe and we... Nice. Um, what do you think we had then? Lager. Close. Very Close. Closely related to lager. Kolsch. Yes, we yeah. had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, felt, felt like it. Yeah. Yep. Actually, we headed to Charles Dickens first. So we got one on, on the beer engine. We got a... Um, um, ESB a, a or something. A Fuller's, yeah. Yeah, on, yeah. And two Scotch eggs. Scotch eggs were delicious. Yeah. And then we, then we wandered and had a couple of Kolsch's and then we left the other guys at the European Beer Cafe I ran into somebody from my hometown. And when I mean oh, somebody wow. from my hometown, the person that lives three doors down from me. <laughs> at the, Jeez, you weren't even on the same train. Nope. Um, the Elephant and Wheelbarrow, we ran into them there. And then Nick took me to a bar he hadn't taken me to. So, of course, he introduced me to the Charles Dickens um, Tavern and he also introduced me to the Mitre, which is... Mm. Um, the longest continually rub running pub in Melbourne. There were a couple oh, wow. that used to um, hold that title and they used to argue over who had it, but they have since closed and turned into wine bars and now back to genuine bars. But as far as a continuously rub running pub, the Mitre holds the record. But we didn't actually head there. We went to the Sherlock Holmes, which is another one of these places in Melbourne that is in the basement. They're just a door and you've got to know they're yeah. there. You head down, um, head down the stairway and uh, they've generally got English football running late on a Saturday night and you grab a pint and sit and chat for a few hours and that's what Nick and I did. Nick missed his last train so he had to Uber at home. It cost him over 100 bucks to Uber home. So that's that's always great. And, yeah, I, I wandered back to my hotel and got some midnight McDonald's just to... Oh, what'd you get a McDonald's? What's the McDonald's order? Oh, just a quarter pounder and fries. Nothing okay, fancy. Another one. That's fine. Okay, he's not going with the no, no, no midnight apple pie. All right, fine. <laughs> no, and and yeah, just rolled out of bed Sunday in, in really good form and just wandered the city for. Yeah, if you if you can eat if you can eat before you go to sleep here and get some water in you, you're usually yep. in decent shape. That's that's usually how it goes for well, me. The next day, I did nine and a half miles. So yeah. And yeah, you're walking nine and a half miles. Yeah, that's right. Um, speaking of fast food, Tony, I think we got to do our pizza update. I think we have a, we, I have an American pizza update, <laughs> weekly pizza update. We're going to have to get a drop for this because I'm yeah. getting pizza news every week. We're going to have to get a pizza channel going on the Discord. Um, so we have two new, uh, two of our favorite restaurants are going to start selling uh, pizza, Tony. Um, Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, which is a pretty horrible place to eat. We'll be offering a new pizza, the Buffalo Boneless Bar Pizza. 
Boneless wings with traditional medium buffalo sauce, ranch dressing, blue cheese crumbles, pickled hot peppers, and green onions uh, is one. Or the honey barbecue boneless bar pizza, which has honey barbecue sauce on there. Uh, Mozzarella, cheddar jack cheese, uh, pickled hot peppers, green onions, and boneless wings. And these are going to be $99. Uh, nine ninety nine. So what? what <laughs> gonna be ninety nine. Right, nine nine ninety nine. So what do you, what do you think, Tony? You going to you going to get flatbreads or pizzas at the B Dubs there? Well, this is what I wanted to ask you because I know their wings are, are fine for a fast food wing, or their boneless boneless wings, which are just a fucking tender. Sure. But what's bread situation nugget. like at at um, Buffalo at, wild at, wings. At, at, I mean, there's no bread. There's no, yeah, there's nothing bread like. It's just some like pre purchased or pre made Cisco little okay, so, cause flaps like, or something. Yeah. Because there are certain like um, Olive Garden is known for their bread. Um, other places are known for like their cheese sticks or whatever else. I didn't know whether Buffalo wild wings were known for for a bread product. That's my Not concern. Not to my knowledge. No. That's my concern is a generic base with. Generic chicken, nine ninety nine sounds going to be really bad. Yeah, um, yeah, I that's a fine price for it. Yeah, I hope it's um, a really thin crust, as they're, they're talking about. If they they're calling it a bar pizza, I'm, I'm not. I don't think it'll be tavern cut, but um, as long as it's a thin base, I think that'll be fine. The only thing with going with such a thin bar style pizza. How much weight is going to be in those boneless wings? Oh, it's going to be like wet, dude. It's going to be nasty. You're not looking forward to it then? Nah, I'm skipping that, I think. I haven't been to a B-dubs in a long time. The last, like, three times I went there, I was, like, genuinely shitting myself the next day. Just really, my body cannot handle B-dubs anymore. So this isn't going to bring me out, I don't think. Uh, And we have Taco Bell. Now, Taco Bell doesn't do anything to me, so I can eat as much of this as I want. Um, they're testing this one in the Charlotte area. Oh, I'm going to be there. Interesting. The cheesy Chipotle chicken flatbread offers a culinary experience reminiscent of a pizza. It features flame-grilled, marinated, all-white meat chicken, creamy Chipotle sauce, crunchy tricolor tortilla strips, onion, and a three-cheese blend toasted on a buttery flatbread. And you can spice it up with additional jalapenos. This sounds so better than me. It does, with the crunchy strips actually sounds good. Yeah, and, and the creamy chipotle sauce, that sounds delicious. Yeah. I love saying chipotle incorrectly. Chipotle um, is – and that's the thing with the buffalo wild wings. It's like I, I don't just want barbecue or or honey barbecue as my mm. sauces. <laughs> I actually want something a little bit more interesting and a creamy chipotle sauce – works with all those kind of things and and there's a place that is kind of known for their for their their breads or their flatbreads right. or their their crap their whatever the the vessel right that yeah right yeah on. that yeah that i makes mean sense for me um do you have right. a price on these what are these going to be retailing for um i i haven't seen a price yet okay. um i i didn't see anything i would guess they're going to be in the 4.99 5.99 region would be the best guess i can take or something from Taco Bell, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I think that's going to be a better value proposition, and I think it's going to be a better product at the end of the day. I would be all in on this, but Taco Bell have a nasty ability to suck me in with their um, Gorditas and their branded products and everything else. I get sucked in by the Doritos, whatever they're doing. 
that actually brings me to a product um, that I purchased at okay. a convenience store. Now I can't remember the name of them. They're a corn chip that are roll. Oh, now I know what they are. Takis. I got my hands on some Takis. I've never had Takis before? No, I had never had Takis before. Oh, they, they feel like they shouldn't exist. They, they taste, they, they taste, they're delicious. No, they taste great, but they don't taste like anything of the, this planet. They, they, they taste of quite acid. unnatural. They have a very unnatural flavor. Yeah. But the texture on those is so, so good compared to a normal corn chip. I love the way they're rolled and the thickness of them. Yeah, they have a great crunch to them for yeah. sure. I went with the, is it the Fuego flavor? Is it the? Uh, I, you know what? I haven't had Takis in a while. The, the only way I've consumed Takis lately has been on a dish at a local place there. They crunch it up on top of their like elotes type dish. They yep. crunch up Takis on top of the elotes so you can have Taki lotes. They're good. Yeah, these were the um, hot chili and, and lime. Takis, so big fan of those suckers. All right. Well, Tony, we got one more food, important food thing to talk about. We did get this post in our Discord as well, but I'm going to bring it up here. Uh, there is some big beer news floating around this week. <laughs> um, this is from the takeout. We had a Yankees fan used a hot dog to drink his beer, and the internet is losing its mind. So uh, we had this man... I'm sure most people have seen the video. Yep. Uh, this guy kind of pokes a hole through his through his frankfurter, um, not his dick, his uh, his hot dog he was eating, like a food hot dog. Yeah, he, he was he sounding his hot dipped dog. It into his, dipped it into his Bud Light or whatever and started sipping the Bud Light through the hot dog straw. Um, now, you've talked about the Tim Tam Slam. Now, you do yep. that with tea and a Tim Tam. That's maybe different. Uh, I'm not sure, so sure how much I care for the uh, the hot dog uh, Pilsner combo or hot dog Bud Light dip combo. It, I don't really like drinking beer through a straw, i got to be honest with you. No, I've only done it a handful of times, and one of those was in O'Shea's in Las Vegas. Right. So, um, a foot, Football beer type shit, you know. Yeah, yep. Now, I think... This individual is very misguided. I can't see this being good. A hot dog cold is never good. Although one of the other things I had in Melbourne that I hadn't had for a long time was we have these um, Asian bakeries. I don't know what country they're from. They're just called Bread Top. It's the sweet, um, soft Japanese-style bread with a hot dog in them, kind of like a – what's the pastry and hot dog thing called? Like a bagel bite, like a like a pig in a blanket. Pig in a blanket, but it's a bread based pig in a blanket, and that's delicious. That's the only time I'll eat a cold hot dog. Um, okay. Cold hot dog and beer—that sounds terrible to me. I can't yeah. imagine the salt and the umami flavour would go particularly well with beer. Um, like adding that to a beer taste—that sounds terrible to me. Look at the mess the guy made on his shorts. Like he's yeah, a, it's not good. Yeah. yeah, this this seems like a drunk person move that thought it was good and the taste buds were. I shot. mean, I, I can't imagine how drunk. I don't know, dude. That's so not good. I mean, I I, I mean the in the in the 
I mean, the motor skills needed to pull it off, honestly, I think are pretty high level. So maybe, but maybe. yeah. But I will say there is an excuse to pair hot dogs with beer, and that is using beer as your cooking liquid. Um, mm. If you are pre-poaching your dogs to warm them through before you throw them on a grill, I think beer is a delicious liquid to poach in. Nothing particularly too flavourful, just your generic lager. Fuck, use, use Natty Light for all yeah. I care, but it just gives a nicer char on the dog because of the little bit of sugar in the beer. And um, Yeah, I've done like a beer-soaked brat before, you know, yeah. you get a little, yeah, I mean, that all works fine for me, get it on the grill, that's, that's good. Um, but just drinking it uh, now, you know, and I'll just sip it, I'll just eat the hot dog and drink the beer. That's fine. I'll just go. I'm going norm. I'm going norm core on this. You know, I just I just like my hot dog, my beer, just normal type. That's fine. Okay. What's the thing that you enjoyed that other people would be grossed out? Kind of like this hot dog and beer. Like for me, it's probably a, as simple as a Vegemite and walnut sandwich. That's a weird combination. Or grated carrot with grated block cheese. So when I'm talking block cheese, I'm talking the blue block of craft. Or Velveeta would be a perfect cheese. Have those grated in the same um, quantity together, 50-50 ratio, jammed on a sandwich, delicious. Most mm. people think that's gross, but that to me is delicious. Do you have anything in your personal palate that other people sort of frown, frown uh, on but that you personally think is delicious? I mean, a Malort. I guess it's Malort. I don't know. There's not really much else. I I tend to like sort of, I mean, somebody likes a lot of the stuff I like. Like, you know, I like, I like sardines. I like anchovy stuff like that, but some some people don't like that stuff. But um, I think Malort's probably the most offensive thing that I like that because most people do think it's nasty. So I just finished another Malort. I just drank a Malort spritz while the show was going on and it was very delicious. So no complaints there. Now, have you ever seen anything like this sort of shenanigan at a sporting event in public where people pull this sort of stuff? No. You know, I just haven't. I, I, I wish I had. I would love to see somebody eat something nasty at, at something, but I just see people needing normal stuff. I see people doing gross stuff like picking stuff off the ground. I mean, that's, that's the worst thing you see anyone do is like eating a hot dog bun off the floor, but you can find that at a beer fest most of the time too. So there's not really, not really any reason to believe it's just at games or anything. Um, now nah, this is just, this was such a weird thing and the guy's by himself too. It's not, like he's doing it out of dare. It's just so bizarre to me. So yep. a really strange, um, some really strange behavior, some really freak demon goblin behavior going on with this guy. But I mean, good luck to him. You know, I hope he hope he finds the flavors he's looking for out of that. Just maybe just try Schlenkerla. That's what yeah. I would do. I would get myself some Schlenkerla, Merzen beer, and I think that's just good enough for me, probably. Tony, why don't we jump into our Discord, huh? And so find out what's going on there. All right, Tony. Um, what's some stuff that went on this week? Okay, so uh, we had sort of some interesting uh so we had the 99 pack of pbr that's back in our radar again thank you cascade dank for posting that 
Um, and then there's the 1844 pack from PBR. That's something we've talked about before. That was $850. Yep, last so about 50 cents a beer. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, you know, Corey got in there and it feels like he's gotten older or something since I've known him, but he said he, he used to be able to get quarter drafts of PBR and, uh, a place where he used to get one cent pitchers in St. Louis. And I just can't fathom that. I mean, I remember even in college, I was getting $5 pitchers of rum and Coke, but that feels like it was a thousand million years ago because it was, yeah, it was. It was a thousand million years ago. That's why. Um, what else we got? We got um, a little bit of beer chat in here. Uh, had some good stuff going on this week, Tony. We had yeah, um, we had uh, ooh, a Cascade Dank drinking some Verdant Other Half Collab IPA. That looks good. Nice cloudy IPA. We had. Um, Oh, we had the uh, the TikTok from J Rome that was pretty funny. Uh, about um, it was just goofy right there. Um, we had some po- a pocky pairing. Tony, yep. tell us about this pocky and counterclockwise. Yep, uh, the almond specifically. Uh, counterclockwise is a um, it's a a Czech dark lager. You know what that is. So we're not talking yeah. super smoky. Yeah, delicious. Deeds know what they're doing. Sitting out in the courtyard of the hotel, it was a great afternoon pairing. Nothing much more to say. It, like the breadiness of the pocky goes with the the um, breadiness of the beer. Really nice. Mm, okay. Um, Max Allotment, English dark mild with Congo dark roast coffee beans from Gusto Brewery in Cape May. It sounds good. It does, but that's uh, the darkest of dark milds I've ever seen. That's a dark mild right there, yeah. Um, I was drinking some fancy cycle beer. I'll talk about that in beers of the week for sure. Um, and then you and Nick hanging out. Uh, oh, this is a great beer I want to talk about. So I did drink some Skittle Brow this week, Tony. No. Nice. Um, I got this at, over at the Corey's. Uh, it's called Tiny S's from Prairie, and it had it, it was so skittly. It tasted purely of Skittles. It was truly remarkable. I've never had anything like this. So it tasted um, like sugar. Good. Tasted like, oh, yeah, it was very sweet. Um, and then Max Max Allotman had something called Skittles, but that just appears to be an IPA. So this, mine tasted like Skittles. Uh, this, yep. I don't know if it tasted like anything else, but if it maybe if it tasted like Skittles, it's somewhere in the range of mine. But mine tasted purely of Skittles and nothing else. Um, what else was out there? Open. What are you doing? There in we the go. kitchen. Uh, oh, yeah, in the kitchen. We we have uh, Corey po- – oh, yeah, no, we have more than that. We got Tony's Fast Food, uh, Delish. Um, we had some uh, uh, man eating the – or drinking the beer through the hot dog, and then Nick Torque eating blood. Some black pudding. Tony, you black pudding eater? Fucking oath I am. Fucking oath. Yeah. Are, you, are you a black pudding eater? I imagine you would be as well. I like black pudding. Yeah. yeah. I, we don't have it here, so um, – well, but I can I get it at Aldi, six ninety nine for a two pack. Um, Nick didn't post the price there, but he was um, extolling the virtues of the Aldi blood sausage, so or black pudding, um, and that uh, is a good combination. Um, some brown sauce, brown sauce, and black pudding on a on a on a roll of some kind, or or some toast. 
Good Darren. We had, um, uh, oh, I wanted to post this for you, Tony. Uh, MGM Resorts with $100,000 F1 packages. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, like, it's that's not that much. Uh, like, just we just need no problem. a yeah. generous benefactor. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure somebody out there, hey, even Kelly could like pay for us, right? For both of maybe, us, maybe Kelly could figure out how to get us a hundred grand. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be a problem for her. She's loaded, of course. The seltzer companies are all are yeah. all on her right now. And I just saw Corey's post underneath, and that made me laugh. Underneath what? Oh, the uh, oh yeah, right. Thousand dollar dues. Yeah, that's 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 a big one. That's gonna be a big bill. Um, I think that actually is about it. I don't think we we have any. Oh yes, we do. Okay, question this week, do we? No, no, but we do have some potpourri, don't we? Oh, quora potpourri. Yes, my favorite. Oh yes, I forgot. How could I forget? Um. So I guess this one's from Corey. I didn't have a lot of good stuff this week, but he did. How do I hide my package in swimming pool briefs? Um, why try to, and then the elusive one answers this. He, he is an expert because he's been wearing underwear all his life. He says, uh, why try to hide what nature give you, uh, gave you as guys, we all have some degree of bulge under swimwear. I swam competitively in my youth and so on and so forth. And then this one, which is quite, um, Interesting. Why didn't Anne Frank write her diary in German? I really don't want to read the answer of this one, so I'm just <laughs> going to close it. Um, great. Some but more it, great stuff from, from these guys. But it was just the ju- juxtaposition of those two questions following one another. Just together. I think amazing. it was amazing, yeah. And to answer the first question, duct tape, clearly. Yeah, yeah you can duct tape it down. You can... Um, Sure. You can, yeah. Uh, tape it to your leg. Um, that's pretty easy. And then why didn't Anne Frank write her diary in German? Uh, actually, I, mean, I don't know if she did or didn't, to be fair. I, uh, beats me. I just know the book that you read is in English, but I mean, I speak English. So it's just translated. Probably. Yeah. Um, Tony, why don't we take a quick break actually, and okay. we will jump into beers of the week. All right, let's hit that logger of the week sound, Tony. Let's let's hear it. Griff's logger of the week. Griff's logger of the week. All right, Tony. Uh, I, boy, I don't think I have a lot here. I, I did drink Tipo pills this week, and there's just not going to be one I have that tastes better than that. So I'm going to go with Tipo pills from the Silver Stamp. Uh, today, this week over, over there on Saturday, uh, had a nice little time over there sharing some of the sour beers I picked up too. So, uh, that's what we're rolling with. How about you? You guys get in on it. You guys got in on a little bit of lager, right? Or are you going Kolsch? No, I'm not going Kolsch. I'm going, that was one of my highlights because it was so different. And I mentioned it earlier. It was beer number nine out of the book. And that is the Maybach. Um, really, really nice example of that of that style, um, yeah, has everything you want from it. Probably slightly hoppier than even a traditional Maybach, but for Australian conditions, uh, for this time of year, it's the perfect beer. Um, really, really delicious, and I hope to get my hands on it again. I know it's not a cheap beer, 
um, they do lager it for three months, I think. So they they do take their time with it, which is unusual. Not Maybe. many. Maybach do. does take a while to condition. It's a yep. big. I mean, Maybach and Mertzen both both take uh, some serious conditioning time for sure. Yeah, so um, I think they had a. Um, I was going to say a bright tank, but it wouldn't have been a bright tank. One of their aging tanks full of Maybach. So, so hopefully we get to see it out in the marketplace. That was really, really delicious. Killer. Um, uh, how about we hit that very long, very beautiful beers of the week sound? I like to think of the beers of the week. Uh, song as the two of us talking to each other but like lumbering down the street as big fat drunks like you know that's us anyways the the parallel uh, i like to draw it's it's like people that have a podcast on in the background that they're not paying attention to or a person that's really irritating just droning on and on and they've tuned them out and that's what that theme sort of reminds me of all right tony hit us with uh, your favorite from that fest. We got to hear it. Yep. That has to be a 2022 release. Darker Ritual, Imperial Stout, Bourbon Barrel Age. Um, it's got all your things except for coconut. It was mm. fucking delicious. Big barrel taste, big boozy beer, big boozy note, um, but super drinkable for what it was. Um, really was the. Perhaps it was a perfect serving size as well. It's like it's probably what you and Kelly would sort of drink that four ounces. We would share. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's all right. That's what we're going to do after we're done with the show, I'm sure, is drink four ounces each of stout. So that's perfect. Yep. So that would be my right. highlight. I've, I've spoken about it before. Um, just, yeah, really good. It shows off their barrel programs on point for an Australian brewery. And, yeah, you get a good whack of barrel to go with it. That's what we like. Um, what was your beer of the week? You would have had something that was delightful other than the Skittles beer, I'm sure. I got to go with two here. I got to go with a sour and a clean. Uh, um, the clean. Uh, these, are both, these are both ones that were landed in my lap. This one is from Cycle uh, down in St. Petersburg, Florida. It was the their year number nine. T- it's the teal label, guys, if you look it up on Untapped. Imperial Stout aged two years in Old Forester birthday bourbon barrels. So I had the birthday version of Bourbon County Stout, which was in these birthday bourbon barrels, and now I've had the cycle, and i got to say I think I like the cycle better. It's probably a little sweeter, but it really popped. The barrel really, really popped. Two years in there really made it kick. Um, This beer was super good. I was a big fan of it. Really a top-notch, top-notch bourbon barrel-aged stout from from those guys. Got to give it up. Now, do you have access when you're in Florida to the cycle stuff? Is it distributed statewide where you can pick it up? It'll be tricky for me to find it. I would say I doubt it. It'll be more Jay Wakefield stuff that I'll be able to get my hands on if I can find it. Um, the, uh, The sour beer I drank that really, really blew me away, this was from New Glarus. I brought it home. It was from... Their R&D, R&D, R&D series, 
Um, it is a Belgian dark strong ale, which I was a little bit surprised by, but it's good. It's only six and a half percent, and it was uh, a brewery grown grapes join Wisconsin Marquette and Brianna grapes in this Belgian style strong ale bottle fermented with champagne yeast to serve at 55 degrees. So uh, I think the champagne yeast really fermented that dark strong ale out real dry. Um, it was really, really good. This beer had a beautiful color, like a nice grit kind of reddish rosé ish color. Um, maybe like, maybe closer to a light maroon type rosé or something. Um, un- unbelievable. Those guys are just wonderful. Anywhere. They just make amazing beers and this was no, no exception. Uh, nice, you know, strong grape flavor, not too sweet, but finishes so super clean that it was easy to drink for a, for a pretty sour beer. So those guys are un- unbelievable. I have, I have some more of their stuff floating around, but that was a great bottle. Excellent. It's, um, yeah. yeah, like I could have done too as well. I like, I've had the indulgence before. It surprises me how good that beer is for the amount of like fruit that's in it, that their cultures stand up to it. Um, I've had it before. I'll pay the price for Deeds Mixed Culture Ales every single time I see them. They're one of the few breweries that can do both hazies and mixed culture because there are specialised mixed culture breweries in Australia. Um, But Deeds is one of those rare places that that does both well in Australia because um, it's tough. The indulgence is hand-bottled because they they don't like contaminating their, their bottling and canning lines. Hey, I always love to see uh, – one of my favorite things with New Glarus is that they make their wheat beer in a special room. I love that, that they're so afraid of the wheat yeast. Are they the, using uh, the yeast yeast Going oh, free. Just no, they're using Hefeweizen yeast, which I guess is quite infective by yeah. nature. So, Because um, the Deeds mixed culture is a, is a Brett culture, and, of course, you know what Brett's like. Um, it's everywhere. It's getting yeah. in everything. Yeah, Brett, Brett you can't you – can't, you can't keep it out once it gets in. Um, Tony, why don't we move on to some of that, that classic Hyper Beerner dork shit news? Let's do that. Hyper Beerner dork shit news. Someday he's going to mark the uh, the sound panel. We're, we're going to see it. It's going to happen. Uh, hey, I had it right there. I, I just, just couldn't find it on my page. I was on the right page. All right. Uh, this is some sad news. Mickler is going to cease its U.S. brewing operation in San Diego. Um, so they'll be closing their brewing facility in Miramar in San Diego. This is from, of course, Kate Bernard at Good Beer Hunting. Um, two years of COVID and the diff- current, sorry, difficult current rising cost environment. Uh, they will be keeping their San Diego tap room, the Little Italy tap room, which is beautiful, and their tap room in San Diego, which is also gorgeous. Um, it's going to be laying off 25 employees due to that, um, uh, which is unfortunate. Um, and you know, to be fair, I think they've been pretty candid about their recent challenges. Um, they have quite lar- a large kind of brewing operation internationally. One could wonder how much sense it really makes for them to keep a brewing facility, a small brewing facility in the U.S. open. Yeah, um, they're going to be shifting um, based on the PR uh, or their their kind of public release 
they're going to be shifting their beer production here in the States uh, and contracting it with Alesmith, which was the brewery they did purchase their current, that Miramar um, taproom from. That was formerly Alesmith's uh, place. So it makes sense for them to make that beer in a contract setting. They do all of their, almost all of their beer in a contract setting. Yeah, um, that's what they were known that for cost structure doesn't really make sense for that. Um, I think it sucks that they are letting people off. Um, uh, of course, uh, I don't really care if they make extra profit or anything. It doesn't matter, but I understand. I also am aware to the uh, current challenges for any business, including breweries. So you have to make decisions uh, for the future of the business. So Look at um, the, I get it. At the end of the day, these are businesses, be has for as long as we've had commercial products been a commercial product that has been bought and sold. So right. these things happen from time to time. It's about how you go about sort of ethically doing this sort of things. And and you you don't have to be like the world's greatest boss to do things right and, and shut things down correctly. But we've seen other companies or other owners from other companies sh- shutter things and and do things in a really horrible way. Really much worse way, yeah. yeah. Right. If things wind uh, up and you have to lay off people, that's the, that's the way that... Um, it's the reality yeah. I deal with every day. They could yeah. do it to me. Uh, it's just part of part of the world. Um, it sucks to see it in brewing. Um, I think in San Diego, there people there are... If, if you want to continue working in the beer industry in San Diego, there seems to be quite uh, a lot of beer industry going on there so <laughs> this you, is you, true. You, you probably will have a chance um i'm glad that little italy and the uh, sf taproom are sticking around they are wonderful um the little italy san diego taproom is a straight import from europe it's like the it it's very cool to step into and they have all those bahai and beers too which is wonderful um so yeah unfortunate of course uh uh, you you couldn't have something happen to Mickler without Yepi getting on his <laughs> on their Instagram and making trying to get off a bunch of jokes. Um, it's hard to pick sides in these argument between these two weirdos. Um, of course, M- Mikkel did not bother responding, um, but it's it, it's it's hard to side with Yepi, even though I, I think he's trying to take the high road is somehow for some reason uh, and not doing it very well because he's like, he's like verbally assaulting just employees who are on the Instagram or whatever. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You have to just chill. It's weirdo. Those two brothers um, hate each other's guts. And that's what it comes down to. And yep. He can't keep his mouth shut. Meekles at least learn how to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't know, um, evil twin um, and Mikola, uh, uh, founded by twin brothers who hate twin each other's guts. We just like each other, yeah. And Evil Twin got founded out of the hate. Yes. For that, because uh, Yepi owned a bottle shop in in Copenhagen that was like pretty much the sole purveyor of Mickler's beers, and they had a falling out, and things went awry, and that's how Evil Twin exists. Um. And it's it's just ins- that that whole the whole situation is truly insane. Um, I was I think uh, Yepi is the uh, I think they are very much the same person. I think Yepi though is the one who who just is the talker. 
And I think Meikle tends to be the slightly more subdued personality uh, in a lot of ways. Um, and maybe a little bit more emotionally um, heavy, I guess. Uh, but I, but I think that they, I don't know, they just love jumping at each other and, and evil twins still pretty small. So it's, it's very hard for them to mess up in a very public way right now. But I, I just say with any, all these breweries with running a business, you're, if you're going to be a, 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 you know, the highest, the most important guy in your business, I would, I would just keep my mouth shut because it's, it's not long until the bat something bad is, co- is going to happen to our company. Um, where somebody who I hired is turns out to be a creep or some dickhead gets involved with us somehow, or we have some, some, you know, that it's just too easy for that to happen. I just, I just would not, I would just be like, chill. You just gotta be chill. You gotta, you gotta try to just plow through as best you can, but not, not him. He's just not the type to do that. He he has to get out there and start talking shit. So some people just have that gene. I don't know. Whatever. Um, what it reminds what me else? of is the Simpsons Treehouse of Horrors episode where Bart had an evil twin, and it turned out that the Bart was actually the evil twin. Um, yeah, that's what it reminds me of: is two twins bickering at each other, thinking that the other one is the evil twin, when perhaps they're both evil. Um, yeah, and they both should have eaten each other in the womb. They, they, yeah, they may both be insane. I, I can't really tell. So um, now this is another story we've been following Modern Times and Maui. It looks like Modern Times and Maui will sort of officially merge uh, coming up here in October. Um, Maui managed to nail it down. They got the fit for $15.5 million, not too shabby. Um it doesn't quite say what that means, but the merger is apparently going. So whatever's going to happen, it's all cl- all the sale is closing in October. So it's it's happening. Yep. Um, it's just a matter of what whatever that. I don't entirely know what that means for either Modern Times nor Maui. I don't. I guess that just means they own all the stuff now. Modern Times will probably just continue operating, and there is going to be some component of Maui beer that's probably going to start getting brewed here in this in on the mainland. I guess. Yeah. Um, it seems like they've what they've done is is put a parent company above both that I'm guessing Maui yeah. own, and so there's now the Craft Ohana label that'll, that'll go above both, kind of like the A right. A Bev A B InBev or whatever the fuck those initials sure. are now. There'll be a head corporation, and it'll, it'll allow a little bit of autonomy, I think, um, with at least Maui to be able to continue to operate the way they have but but limit their risk from the the takeover of modern times so hopefully you get to see more uh, maui beer stateside in, in the con- would, in the 48 continental u.s yeah. yeah i would love to i like some of their beers including the coconut porter the imperial coconut porter um and then it would be nice if if it just sort of gave modern times some took a weight off their shoulders. I'm hoping they can just continue making barrel aged beer and stop making fucking weird fruit beer. That'd be cool. <laughs> That'd be my take anyways. Uh, all right, Tony, it's college football season. It's starting this week. Yeah. yeah. You, I'm sure you love yourself some college football. Go Huskers. Uh, you've been to, you've been to at least one college football yep. game. Uh, I have been to many college football games, not very many wins, but many games uh, for the Illini. 
We are. I know we also have a Rutgers fan in our listener ranks. So, uh, boy, th- things are things have not been good for the three those three teams in the Big Ten for the last few years. Bringing up the rear, the Illini, the the Huskers, and whatever Rutgers is. Um, beats me. I can't I fucking know. Um, Sonic Heart, but so this is outside of the Big Ten. This is the Big Twelve. But Sonic Hard Seltzer has been announced as the official hard seltzer of the Big 12 Conference, Tony. Now, the Big 12, Nebraska used to be a part of it. Yeah, that's the one what that's the one what with uh, well, it would have had it'll have Texas and Oklahoma for the next couple of years, and then Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, some other ones. Oklahoma is it West Virginia? West Virginia's in it for some reason, Oklahoma State, yeah. Oh, TCU, yes, the official hard seltzer. So um, Sonic, which is very popular in that part of the world, I will point out, um, will be the official hard seltzer. I still have to try these. Um, Kel? Uh, Kel. Kel. Kel? No. Um, <laughs> Tony, it's, um, it's the hard – anything seltzer, I just got to holler Kelly's name out. <laughs> this one has two variety packs, tropical – uh, and citrus and our greatest hits pack. So one pack is tropical and citrus and one is greatest hits. So tro- tropical features. This is, see, I'm just reading this cause this is new to me. Ocean water, uh, melon medley, mango guava and orange pineapple. And then citrus variety has cherry limeade, original limeade, classic lemonade and lemon berry. So that, that tropical, or sorry, that, um, tropical one is new. The ocean water, ocean water. I always thought was just Powerade. With seven up, <laughs> but I I may be wrong on that. No, I think it, I think it is different. But out of those two packs, I want to try the second pack that you mentioned mm-hmm. because those are the like Sonic flavors to me: cherry limeade, original limeade, classic lemonade. Not sure about lemonade. That's your berry, classic. But they that's your classic seltzers right there. Those are well, your no, that's your classic Sonic. That that's what I think of. That's classic Sonic taste. Yeah, no limeade. Of yep. course, yeah, cherry limeade. I have gone in. I have not gone in. I've pulled up to Sonic and just gotten tots and cherry limeade. There's no nothing else I need no. from you, Sonic. I just got my tots and my cherry limeade. I'm good. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And do you even um, need the tots? Like the tots you can get from you, any supermarket, not even decent supermarket, any supermarket can do fucking the same as as Sonic do. I love. Dude, I love the beginning. So they have the about Sonic Seltzer in the about the, in this press release about the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve conference is comprised of ten universities. Right there is funny already. <laughs> yeah, Big Twelve, ten universities. Uh, Iowa State, Tony. We forgot about Iowa State and Texas Tech. Shit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Texas Tech, I think was no Johnny Manziel was Texas A and M. Texas Tech. Johnny uh, Manziel. I think I did. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which, I don't know which college he went to, but I did laugh because I saw a man in a Michael Crabtree jersey at the Boulder <laughs> Station today. That was pretty fucking funny. I don't know what team he played for. I just remember him getting drafted many yep. years ago. So. It's it's funny those names in in college football that that have so much buzz and and then have like three years in the NFL, and you just see people wearing their jerseys around fifteen years later. You Tim Tebow's yeah. and you, yeah Tebow. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, there, there's lots of players too who are just really good college players, and they just have yeah. no future in the, in the NFL. It just is how it works. Well, um, I'm not too excited for college football. I got to be honest with you, Tony. I don't care, but I will. Um, 
I bet I will flip on the Illini this week because I'm a freak. <laughs> Why is because the uh, Illini aren't looking good this year, or you're just not a college football guy? Well, it's a year, so they're not looking good. <laughs> um, they are. I don't. I just don't really care for it. It 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 seems, you know, bad as a sport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All the things they do to the guys in the NFL and not pay them millions of dollars seems bad because it, it football is hurts. It's, it hurts your uh, body and head and stuff. Um, all right, Tony, I think we should play a game. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do the saw voice again. I tried it. Um, so Tony, this is for once. I don't have a good segue into this game. I just made up a game. There's no, there's nothing about this game that uh, is uh, related to anything we talked about. But I was just feeling nostalgic today, and I was thinking about my uh, my childhood. Uh, and what did I do during my childhood? I sat in my room by myself and played video games. Is is that that's something that we all like doing, right? Absolutely. Tony, did you own a super? Did you own a Super Nintendo as a child? I did not. I did own an Atari Twenty Six Hundred as a child, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then my next. Console was actually a handheld console. Did you want to take a guess? Game Gear, Game Boy or Game Gear? One Game Boy, the original Game, Game Boy, Boy yeah. with the um, with the monochrome screen. That, yeah, that I had a Game. Boy. I had an I had an original Game Boy. Yeah. Yep. Jordan um, vs. Bird. All the good Jordan vs. Bird. I used to play Jordan vs. Magic on the regular Nintendo. Oh, I think maybe. Maybe it was um, Jordan vs. Magic. I don't know. I'm not sure which one was on which. But what I've got here, Tony, um, we'll see how hard this is. Um, I don't know. But we're going to play a little this or that, and I have uh, for you uh, a list that combines some of some of the greatest Super Nintendo games on one side and some of America's great craft beers on the other. So, okay. And you will have to dive into my wonderful mind palace and figure out which one is a Super Nintendo game and which one is a beer, uh, Tony? So why don't we hit that this or that sound? Plink, plunk, plink, plunk, plunk, This or that. <laughs> Wonderful. I love that one. That one's really good. Uh, um, all right, Tony. Let's get started right here, right away. Uh, the first one I have for you is called Bat- Battlesnake. Battlesnake. Ooh. I could imagine this as a side-scrolling 2D Castlevania Metroid kind of game. I'm, and I was a big fan of Earthworm Jim. I could see this in that era Earthworm of Super Jim. Super Nintendo being a side-scroller, sort yeah, of a Contra-style game. Yeah, here's what I've got to decide: Could it be? A Super Nintendo game. If that's plausible, I'm going to go with Super Nintendo game because all of these can be beers. What I've learned over time is anything can be a fucking beer. Anything can be a beer. Yeah. It's harder for it to be the other category, the nostalgia category in this case. I'm going to say, however, that this is a Super Nintendo game because I can imagine it. All right, Tony. Battlesnake is a beer. Uh, Battlesnake is a beer is a 7% uh, New England style hazy IPA from Grist House Craft Brewery 
in Pittsburgh, this delicious hazy brew is ready to do battle, boasting a satisfyingly silky mouthfeel and huge fruit-forward aroma from Galaxy and Mosaic hops. Yummy. Sounds good. It does. Uh, Very straightforward beer with the good hops. Why not make that all the time, huh? All right, so Battlesnake is out. You lose. Next one I have for you. This one is called Super Typhoon. Super Typhoon. Now, this is going to be a problem because I can see this being a game, but this is a top-down side-scrolling shooter in this case. Because <laughs> you've got sure. to remember, this is in the days before 3D graphics. And I was thinking, Super Typhoon, that makes no sense as a game. And then I thought, no, Japanese, like, scrolling shooter, you know, used to play in the arcade. I couldn't imagine that on an NES, you know, like Bulletstorm kind of game, Super Typhoon. Yeah, lock it in. I, 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 I see it that way. Typhoon is a game, you think, Tony? Yep. Tony, Super Typhoon Uh-oh. is also a beer. When you reach for the phone, it's never a good thing because I know you're about to I mean, read the description. I have to, I have to do the phone for both of them, to be honest. Because um, I, I have to find the game description. Uh, Super Typhoon is by, oh, who else but Treehouse Brewing Company. Oh, uh, uh, it's a rendition of Hurricane that features amplified editions of Simcoe and Citra in both the kettle and the dry hop. Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, no. but it's a 7.5%. Double IPA with Simcoe and Citra, baby. Also sounds good. All right, Tony's 0 for 2. Uh-oh, We've thrown two good. tough beers at him. Let's start with, let's do the next one. This one is called Super Trump Collection. <laughs> see, this will, be, this will end up being the game, but I cannot, I cannot see them having a card game on the SNES. And I just can't see what other kind of game it is. So it has to be a beer, right? Man, I'm going to go terribly in this game. I just can't <laughs> imagine this being a, a game. So this is comes back to my reasoning at the start. I'm not going to go away from it. So lock it in. I say this is a beer. Tony, Super Trump Collection, and I only did it because it said Trump in it is a compilation featuring seven different card games from the ah. publisher Bottom Up on the Super Nintendo. So somebody turned on their Super Nintendo and wanted to play Poker Blackjack Crazy 8's uh, Shichi Narabe in a memory match game, uh, as well as two others that did not get worth naming, apparently. Uh, they also... Uh, it, it did well enough, Tony, that they did make Super Trump Collection 2... Maybe I should have given you Super Trump Collection too. That would have maybe been easier to tell if it was a, it was a video <laughs> yeah. game. I just saw Trump and I was like, boy, there are a lot of beers about Trump. They sure are. Uh, and this says Trump in it, even though it's clearly about like playing euchre or something. Yeah, you know, I just couldn't imagine that on like a, a Super NES. It just didn't make sense for me, but. Dude, I, I did. My dad used to play the casino game on Super Nintendo. It was like a Caesar's Palace game on Super Nintendo that I'll never forget. That was so goddamn funny to watch him play. I'd be like, "What is he doing? He's got a little guy walking around the Caesar's Palace playing blackjack. It's great." <laughs> All right, next one. This one's called Tony. This one is called Clay Fighter. Now there used to be a TV show. I don't know whether you remember it, 
um, and it was like claymation figures that were celebrities, and they would they would box. I forget what that was called. Oh, that was called um, celebrity something. Celebrity. Oh shit! And there was like celebrity a claymation death mills match? celebrity death match. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because there was a clay mills lane <laughs> as the referee. Yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was great. So, what was the name of this beer again? <laughs> uh, I don't know, Tony. Uh, I don't. It's either a beer or a video game. But Damn the it. name that I told you <laughs> is Clay Fighter. I thought it might work. I'm. I, I'm. You just to, keep guessing beer. You just wanted to guess beer. I wanted to guess beer, but I can see this not as a like um, Mortal Kombat style fighter, but I can see this on the SNES. So SNES me, it's a game. Tony, you got one. Clay Fighter is a game that I owned, in fact. Uh, Clay Fighter was a quite funny game. It's actually one of the better rated games in the history of the Super Nintendo. Um, it is a parody of Street Fighter with little clay mans. And so there's like a mean snowman and some funny looking guys in there. Uh, I, I quite enjoyed Clay Fighter. Very silly game, um, but also... A good fighter. Uh, it was it it held, it handled well for a for a fighting game. So good box art, fighter, by the way. It's great box art. It's it's a fun game. <clears throat> I loved all those silly games that were kind of like uh, clearly a parody, but took themselves a little bit seriously. So yep. they still like played okay. Twisted Metal was a favorite of mine too. With all the insane, yeah, that was you were driving time. the fucking ice cream truck and shit. It was great. Um, all right, next up, Tony. This one is called Super Megabyte. Super Megabyte. That's too generic to be a, a SNES title. If that was, yeah, if that was a modern game, yeah, I could see it. But no, nah, that's that's too on the nose for a game. This is some sort of beer, and we see it with with non-alcoholic related products like aren't Coke related releasing like a pixel beer this is a beer in the same vein with their marketing not a game it's a beer tony you are right this is a beer um so you got two in a row there that's now you're on a run citrine amarillo hopped triple ipa from hop butcher ten and a half percent and actually the art is uh of a shark so there is it's <laughs> shark art for super megabyte um all right, next up, uh, Tony. This one is called Jelly Boy. Jelly Boy. No, I can't see this being a game. Like Paper Boy, yes, but Jelly Boy, like, unless you've got like a pistol and shoots like hot jam at people. Um, no, this is a beer. I can't see this being a game title. I don't. I can't imagine the game. Can't see box art. Lock me in as a beer. Jelly Boy is a platform game developed by Probe Software for the Super Nintendo and Game Boy. Tony, you could have played it your uh-huh. damn self. Um, uh, Jelly Boy puts the player in the control of a jelly baby with morphing powers. His quest is to find various items inside a factory. So the elevator doorman will allow him to visit the person in charge. The most important items are musical notes, which both serve as an extra life, as well as a one-hit shield. 
Um, it, ha- it has it has also been released now on the Nintendo Switch Online Classic Games service. I'll have to check um, it out then. I've got it was Switch. ranked by famous the famous magazine or something called Total as the 73rd best Super Nintendo game. Okay. Um, and if you would like to see that, here is the cover art of Jelly Boy. I <laughs> love it. It <laughs> is a awesome. Jelly Boy. Um. There you go. Jelly Boy. So you did not get that one. No. Next up I have for you, you have two out of... <laughs> I'm not doing well. Two out of five. We have one, two, yep. three, four. Two out of six. Two out of six, yep. Hey, two out of six. So next one up I have for you is called Battle Jockey. Battle Jockey. Now... While I'm thinking of the answer, I need you to think up a penalty because, of course, it's, I don't go down the well for this, but I do have to donate to a charity. So oh, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll come up. I, don't worry. I I have that, um, and uh, I even have a bonus question to for you to try to uh, donate. Have to donate less to the um, okay uh, to the, to the crying orphans of Saint Dominic's um, Hospital. Uh, trying cancer orphans of St. Dominic's Hospital. So uh, okay. Tony has to get his little questions right so he get, can't donate to the cancer orphans. Anyways, go ahead. Uh, what was the name of this beer again? <laughs> uh, Tony, it's either a video game or a beer, in fact, and the the title of this item is Battle Jockey. Battle Jockey. Oh, is this like a... I'm just wondering whether this is like a TIE Fighter X-Wing knockoff. Um, I can't see it being a horse racing game. I don't know whether the Super Nintendo had a horse racing game. Now, I don't know whether you're of the right age, but do you remember back in the day in the arcades there used to be a horse racing game where you used to ride the, the horse? Don't fucking do this to me. Don't fucking do this to me with DigiHorse. I don't want to do DigiHorse talk. You can't, you can't pull that out of the history books of all these fucking podcasts we've done and ask me about DigiHorse. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that until you just brought it up. I didn't ride the horse in Digi Horse. You you brought your horse up through fucking breeding and shit, and then took him into Grade One races and crap. No, but uh, do you remember the arcade game? I do remember that. Yes, yeah. I do remember the riding the horse game. Yeah. And you used to have but a button to whip the horse. You can't. This is the thing because now there's a gambling version of it because there's yep. like a fancy Sigma Derby doodad that you can go to now called like Fortune Cup or something. Yes, yep. And you can do some. And I every time I walk into the resorts world, I stare at that thing for like ten minutes. I'm like, oh, I could put a hundred dollars in that, right? <laughs> Just like a moron. Of yeah. course you could. Uh, all right, yeah, but I do remember I I liked all the horse racing games, and in fact, one of our friends and listeners. Um, uh, partner is it was during COVID uh, was keeping herself uh, sane by playing some kind of horse rearing video game on the uh, on the computer, which is very funny. Yes, uh, but I'm going to say this is a beer probably relates to the jockey box, um, not a, not a game. So, Tony, I have you pegged today because that one is wrong. That is a video game. I saw jockey and also saw a jockey box, so. You and I are same page, but just, you know, winning in different ways. Jo- Battle Jockey is a racing game for up to four players that was developed by Nova. It features horse, it features horse racing, uh, which is a far more popular pastime in Japan than elsewhere and presents three separate modes. 
What are they talking um, about? There's, there's plenty of horse racing popular around the world. Australia's big on horse racing. I think Super Nintendo was a good choice for this because there are a depth of games of, of weird shit that happens. Yep. And since we won't need a tiebreaker, I want to ask you the tiebreaker bonus question here. Okay. I will give you an extra point for this so we can, you know, it's $100,000 obviously for a wrong answer, but I will I will take it down by fifty grand if you can get this right. Okay. Um, you can get within one of the answer of this. I will, I will give you this one right. This blew me away. And Tony, how many Ren and Stimpy Super Nintendo games were made? Oh, there would have been a Street Fighter clone. There would have been a platformer. There would have been an RPG. And there would have been a racing game. I'm going to say there's probably something else I'm forgetting. I'm going to go with five Ren and Stimpy games. Oh, probably like an activity because I had the Simpsons like um, Gladiator game back in the day. So, I, yeah, give me five. Probably should go six, but I'm going to go with five. Tony, there are four. Yes. Um, so I'll give it to you. That's, that's, shave, shave 50 grand off for you. Uh, they are called Ren and Stimpy Buckaroos, Ren and Stimpy Vediots, <laughs> Ren and Stimpy Fire Dogs and Ren and Stimpy Time Warp. Um, so for other platforms, there is there was also a cell phone game called Ren and Stimpy Pinball. Uh, there is a couple of browser-based games called Ren and Stimpy's Crazy Cannon, Robin Hoek, and Mouth Trap. That sounds disgusting. Uh, Ren and Stimpy's Quest for the Shaven Yak on the Game Gear and Stimpy's Invention on the Sega Genesis, and Space Cadet Adventures on the Game Boy. So there were wow. many, many video games created around Ren and Stimpy, which just speaks to the diversity in video game creation that was going on for the Super Nintendo at this time. Yeah. Anyways, Tony, there are three left. What you got? I just wanted to say you really have to be our age to understand the cultural significance that was Ren and Stimpy for that that sort of period in the 90s, in think, the mid-90s. I think you also have to be our age to realise that, because um, now everybody plays the same five video games. Yep. But there were so many fucking video games. <laughs> uh, you owned, I mean, a person would own video games like CDs. You'd have 20 video games. Yeah. I mean, you'd have a, a selection of lots of interesting and weird video. My dad's playing Caesar's Palace Casino on the Super Nintendo it, I, mean, I mean, you're playing six different Marios and stuff. You know, it's it's yeah. wild, crazy. Yeah. It it really is, and it it's it kind of goes to. In some ways, the stakes weren't as high because you weren't investing as much time, but in other ways, there was a lot of shovelware because out of those twenty games, five of those were almost unplayable. That Absolutely, yeah. some of them you could not even move the guy on the yep. screen. It was insane. I mean, there were only a few games that were any good, to be honest. And there were games you had to sink time into. I mean, Zelda. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Um, you were committing, you know, you were com- committing a, a, a moment to it. Um, yeah, but we're talking, like, compared to, say, even the story mode in GTA Five, Like, Zelda back in yeah. the day is not, is not that. And so. Right. Even Oc- Ocarina of Time, you're not committing that, no. that kind of time to it. You're right. All right. All right, that's nerdy of me. Anyways, next up, Tony. Uh, this one is called 
Codename Superfan. Codename Superfan, too generic. This just, like, what can that game be about? No, it could be a game these days. It could be like a meta game about looking back. What was that game everybody lost their mind about uh, a while back, like Cyber... Cyber something 2077, Cyber whatever Punk that was. 20, Cyberpunk. Okay, I mean, that's pretty, that's just nothing. It doesn't mean anything. No, and it was a terrible game. Don't play that right. game. I'm going to say this is a beer, though. This is, this reeks of like a triple IPA or a hazy IPA. Uh, Tony, you're right. It is a beer. It is an IPA. It's a little clearer. It's a little hazy, though. It's got a little cloud to it. Six and a half percent. Is from Odd 13 Brewing in Lafayette, Colorado. Codename Superfan is a deliciously modern take on the American IPA. Brewed with a variety of juicy American hops from the Pacific Northwest. So that's three for Tony. He's got two more opportunities to try to break even here. Next up, this one is called Breath of Fire. Breath of Fire. Now, this is one I think you're tricking me with because... This has all the hallmarks of the game. There's always one that you get me on that you think, oh, that has to be the theme. But no, it's a beer. And Breath of Fire seems to me to be too perfect to be a part of this. I automatically see the game. So therefore, I'm going against every rule that I put in place earlier. I'm going to say beer. Tony, Breath of Fire is a video game by oh. Capcom, famous developer for, of games. Yeah, they're just uh, originally couple. released in Japan in April 1993 and made available in North America in, in August 1994. Did you own it? Um, I did not own this one. Uh, this really wasn't my type of game, Tony. I was I was really more of a kind of simple adventure looking. So I was doing your Zelda. I was doing Mario games and I was doing sports. I I was, I loved playing the original nineties Maddens on super Nintendo, Um, including Madden 95, where I believe the the men, the the, the men, the players ran straight legged, which was very strange to watch in Madden 95. Very bizarre. I don't, I don't, I, I remember that so clearly. Curtis Conway playing for the Bears and running with like his legs, like goose stepping around the field. Very bizarre. Um, but that was really my scene. This was this is more of a this is more of a complicated RPG with like a bunch of fish. There's like talking fish and crap. I mean, I don't know. I guess Zelda had some of that, but this one just didn't <laughs> Zelda definitely. So a lot yeah, of that. I mean, I think even did have talking fish potentially. Um, so this one is on the classic S Super Nintendo library. It was on Bella. Boy golly, it was on the 3DS for God's sake. So um, it, uh, it's actually a good-looking game for Super Nintendo, but maybe just not for me. Um, all right, Tony. Last one. This is called Wizard Fight. Wizard Fight. Oh, I can't see it. That is a game because. What kind of game is Wizard Fight? It's not that complex RPG that you're talking about. It's not an adventure game like you were talking about. It's not a Street Fighter clone with wizards, is it? And I'm I'm asking this rhetorically. I'm not fishing for answers in this case. Oh, no, I, I just can't see it. I think this is a beer. I just can't see it being a game. All right, Tony, you got that one. That's four for you. Wizard Fight actually is the name of a number of beers, in fact. 
Um, but we will go with the one that I've drank before uh, from Corridor Brewing and Provisions in Chicago. Uh, Corridor's only year-round beer, beer is brewed beer. with Amarillo. It's a delicious beer. Uh, Amarillo Mosaic and Citra Hops to create this Citra and Pine Blast. Its creamy mouthfeel is enhanced with flake flaked oats, so it's sort of a nice, not hazy, but not perfect, sort of a Midwest Coast uh, IPA. Uh, quite delicious. Tony, that's four for ten. Uh, for all those wrong answers, at minus the 50 grand, you will now own 550 grand. Tony's he's good for it, gang. Don't worry. He's coming out. He's got that F1 package. Yeah. The I'll- cancer orphan going to be so thrilled over at St. Dominic's. They're, they're done. Ryan right now, literally for the five hundred fifty grand, they can't wait to get it. Well, it's Tony, only I think that's a pretty good, isn't it? Or did you only cut one wrong answer in half because I got within one? Oh, I see what you're doing now. I thought I got a bigger yeah. discount. Oh god, mm, I know it's tough. I know, yeah, man. You know he's gonna. You know he's reaching deep, and I can see him. Right, he's pulling his pockets out. The fly is coming out of his. Yep. His pockets on his uh, on his jeans. Uh, the, the poor guy. Uh, he's got a piece of fuzz in there. It's like it's like a regular old. It's like Ren Hoek pulling the pockets of his legs out or whatever he would do, and they, he would be like, it's zoomed into his face and a booger's hanging out of his nose. Crazy, stimpy, weird, weird show. And that guy was a creep, apparently, wasn't he? Isn't he a creep? That feller, John Crick Falusi or whatever. He he turned into a big freak. Or was told what was was rooted out as a big freak, I guess. Anyways, I uh, boy, a lot of knowledge about Red and Stimpy here, hyper located right in this house in Henderson, Nevada. Um, so that's cool. All right, Tony, I think we should wrap this thing up. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Anytime you can get to do a deeds event, I would say do it. Their tap room Hell is yeah. first class. Um, beautifully spread out over two levels. Did it over two sessions, so it wasn't too crowded. Absolutely the way I want to see the best of a brewery. So cannot recommend that highly enough. Griff, any closing words before I'm going to close today differently? I'm going to close with the details just for a change. Uh, but any final uh, words? All right. Uh, you, you know what? I, I would say get your hands on some pizza port IPA to drink while you talk to your, to your boy on the podcast. It's just too dang enjoyable and preface that with a little malort because then your palate's feeling nice and tidy right before that. Okay. So thank you Griff for that. If you want to give us a tip, you can donate to us at ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast you can send us an email at beer engine show at gmail.com you can check us out on untapped i'm saint moz on untapped that man sitting virtually across from me is griff ad on untapped and if you want to check out our instagram we are at beer engine pod and drop us a note on instagram send us an email we will get you on the discord or donate a dollar to us and you will get the link at no charge besides a dollar. Uh, meaning, I mean, hey, what's it cost <laughs> to have to talk to me? I mean, good Lord, uh, the cost is crazy. All right, gang, we will talk to you in a solid week. Bye-bye.